You're listening to MND Matters, a podcast from the MND Association. Welcome to MD Matters, brought to you by the MD Association, alongside members of the MD community, including people affected by the disease, health and social care professionals, and supporters. We will be bringing stories, information, and expertise direct to your ears. Subscribe to ensure you don't miss an episode. I'm Nick, and I work in the research team at the MD Association. And I'm Steph, I work in the fundraising team. We also have three very special guests with us today Liz Groundland, fundraising volunteer with the Manchester branch, Mark Gately, chair of the Northwest Kent branch and campaigns volunteer, and Julia Peckham, association visitor with the East Sussex branch. And we're going to be celebrating Volunteers Week, which is an annual nationwide awareness campaign, which marks the amazing contribution that volunteers make to society. More than 20 million people volunteer in their communities across the UK and across the association itself, we have more than 12,500 volunteers, which is absolutely incredible. They include volunteers who are active in campaigning and fundraising, as well as those who've got direct contact with people living with and affected by MND. And we're really excited to be sharing some of the stories of those volunteers now. So if we go to you, Julia, it just I think you've been volunteering for quite a while, not just for the association, but maybe for other organisations before. So what was it that inspired you to get involved? Well, with MND, it was very personal for me because my husband, Richard, was diagnosed with MND um, in 2012 at just 60. Um, and he was diagnosed in the February and the disease progressed very quickly with Richard. And in fact, he died in the December of that year. Um, the dark humour, like a lot of I experienced an awful lot, um, got us through. And he was a great list maker, apart from also becoming an incredibly good driving instructor when he had to give up his driving. Um, and on his list really was, you know, right, can't do anything else for me now, you know, you go and help other people with this awful disease. Um, but my caring role does go way back. I was fostering severely disabled kids uh, when, when mine were very little. Um, and I've always worked, although I'm in the maritime industry, I've always worked some capacity as a carer, usually with people who are in, a, in their dark hours. So yeah, I do go way back. I'm very old. You're definitely not. You're definitely not. But it sounds like you've got a wealth of experience as well. And I'm sure you do an amazing job at the association helping people affected by MD. So thank you for that. I can tell just from your speaking how passionate you are about what you do. And what is it that you get out of volunteering? Actually, you know, a lot of people say that to me, um, particularly family and close friends, were saying, you know, this is all, all you're doing this. Does it not remind you and take you back all the time you're going through it? And I said, no, because I get far more back than I give and I've made some amazing friends, really, really special friends. That is the one exceptionally good thing that comes out of MND is they seem to be incredibly special people. So that's really why I do it. And Mark, you're heavily involved with your Northwest Kent branch and I believe you also uh, have a role in an additional branch. How, how did you get into volunteering? Once again, it's a family connection. Uh, my father was uh, diagnosed uh, around 2007, 2008. And uh, having 
done a bit of fundraising in my time and having done a bit of cycling, the opportunity to cycle from uh, London to Paris, or no, sorry, London to Reims arose. Uh, Reims being, of course, the champagne capital of France. So there was uh, an, an additional benefit there, of course. So I, uh, I cycled with a number of other members uh, of the fundraising team from the association, uh, volunteers and uh, staff. And that got me into the, the branch. And uh, before long, I was editing the newsletter. The next year I was secretary and uh, remained secretary until uh, March of last year when I took over as the branch chair. And I uh, got involved with campaigning yeah, uh, early 2016. And um, as of about six months ago, because I have a, a connection with, with Suffolk, and I said, well, look, guys, why, why don't I just duplicate the work I'm already doing in northwest Kent and uh, area and, and do that in Suffolk as well? You can see that since your dad's diagnosed in 2008, you know, that's a lot of time you've been involved in M&D, and it's great that, you know, you're making that contribution. And Liz, you've been involved in fundraising for some time now. Do you want to just tell us some of your great fundraising ideas? Um, just a bit of background with me. My brother was diagnosed with motor neuron disease in 2014. Uh, he was only 37 when he was diagnosed with it and he had um, two young children. Um, and he fought it very hard and brave and unfortunately passed away last February um, um, after fighting it for just over five years. So um, that's what got me um, into that. And um, one of the things you feel when someone gets diagnosed with a disease like that, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, I'm not going to find a cure, you feel very helpless. Um, so um, the first thing I did, I, I said to a friend of mine, I really want to just raise some money. I want to raise some awareness, the lack of awareness to the disease. I just said, I feel so helpless and I want to do something. So we fundraised um, and I organised a 100 miles for MND in September 17. Um, it was basically one day anyone could run, cycle, swim, wherever you want to do in any part of the world. Um, and we have um, family in New Zealand who started off um, the um, event um, and we had family in um, America who finished the event for us and in between we had people in Dubai, Iceland, Ireland and everyone kind of filmed and put it all on, on and, and got their own money and we raised over £6,000 so it was kind of you know it was a it was a oh. event and it was kind of a, a kind of a, a big event for us to do um, um, and I kind of got into the branch that way and into you know they they kind of helped me plugged the event and, and gave me a lot of support and the regional fundraiser at the time really helped me um, and then they asked me to come and be on the committee um, which I, I said of course with pleasure I'd love to um, and, and that's kind of what started my journey with, with, with fundraising and, and with M&D and, and it's, it, it, I don't see it ever stopping like, like Julia said you know I can't see me ever not doing something for M&D or not trying to raise money or awareness and funds in, in legacy for my brother but also for everybody else that I've met since who's fought and, and lived with M&D and the family and the carers, because it doesn't just affect people with M&D, it's everybody else around them that it affects. So, yeah, that was my journey, really. Thank you, Liz, and thank you for what you do. And I know the three of you have talked about that sense of meeting people in similar situations and that community that there is. And how does it feel to be part of that as a volunteer, Liz? Um, I I think it's amazing you meet 
you meet people that inspire you every day. There are people that do, you know, like I said, just listening to Julia and Mark and, and, and how much, you know, they've done. And then everyone in the Manchester branch, you know, people have come from all kind of different backgrounds and, and but come the same way in the sense that they may have lost someone to M&D or, or someone they're with is fighting M&D. Um, and, um, you know, it just everyone's so inspiring and the strength and, you know, the strength that I saw in my brother for so long, the positivity that he had for so long fighting the disease for him and, and his family, it just inspires you and you become part of this M&D family that, you know, is just there for you no matter what. And it's it's amazing. It's amazing. And you just want to continue to raise money and raise funds and awareness and and, and help more people till we eventually have, you know, a world without, without M&D, which is ultimately our, our goal, isn't it? Yes. Absolutely. And Julia, you must experience some really difficult situations, you know, obviously before the pandemic, going into people's homes, people yes. living with MND and, and their families and they need your help and support. And how do you deal with those situations and what keeps you motivated to continue doing that? The first time I was sort of, you know, out on the road to meet my first person with MND and I sat outside in the car and thought, oh, because you don't know what you're walking into. Um, I thought, well, come on, you know, you've got to do it. And actually, he was an amazing gentleman, absolutely amazing that um, he lived on his own. Um, and he was at the stage where he was falling a great, a great deal of the time. Um, and, you know, we chatted at first for about an hour without MND really being mentioned. We had quite a lot of laughter. Um, he made me a cup of tea, which was absolutely disgusting. <laughs> uh, we had a bit of a giggle. We had a bit of a giggle about that. Um, but yes, they've been some very dif difficult situations. How other people live and how they deal with it. The things I find the most difficult is when there's some denial, either with the person with MND or with the family. I can absolutely understand it because, as you said, Liz, you start to look online and it strikes terror into your heart, or you think. Well, that's not going to happen to me. Um, and I think those are the ones that I find really quite challenging and quite difficult. What we found has worked in the East Sussex branch is that we as AVs sometimes buddy um, another AV. So if there's a family situation, um, one of us will either buddy the person with MND or the partner or the family. Um, and we found that works because we support each other um, and also we feel we can support the family. We also say, look, you know, pre-COVID, we can meet outside for coffee because I'm sure, Mark, you know, you've all experienced the doorstep conversations where you know someone's desperate to say something and it happens as people are leaving. I felt that with Richard, although we talked very openly, we'd worked together for years and years, um, but there were things I didn't really want to say to him. I didn't want to say how tired I was, how frightened I was. And he was doing exactly the, exactly the same. And as I say, the humour got us through because we got ourselves into all sorts of pickles. I do remember him once being stuck between the toilet and the wall, <laughs> completely stark naked. I couldn't get him up off floor. Then he wet the floor because he was laughing so much. And I had to go and get my son-in-law, who lived a couple of doors away, to come and help. Richard was on the floor laughing so much, but he wouldn't let my son-in-law come in until I put some pants on him. 
And you know, so these stories do help other people when you can say, you know, there are it's or it's dreadful, it's terrible what's happening. However, the dynamics of your relationship is going to change. I think Julia, the thing association visitors are absolutely amazing. Uh, um, Phil's my brother's association visitor was fantastic, you know, amazing. And what 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 they do is, you know, above and beyond. Sometimes they support the person living with MD or their family as well. Yes. Um, and and they are they are just you know angels. They are. I just I think oh. it's amazing that people do that. I do. I I honestly am in awe. That's great being able to provide that support between people who've had similar experiences. Yes. Um, you know something that's really important. And you touched upon how M and D does sort of have such a profound effect on families, and it's been a really tough time over the last year for everybody, um, particularly with the pandemic. Um, you know, if it, would you like to just tell us, Mark, some of your experience of how the pandemic has affected your volunteering? Yeah, well, it, uh, it's had obviously a massive impact on all the operations that the branch carry out. Um, our first casualty was our AGM. Our AVs um, haven't been able to go out and visit um, their existing patients. And of course, anybody that's new to the branch hasn't been able to be visited by one of our AVs or Alex, who's our first point of contact. Um, our branch support meetings via uh, video conferencing now, which which has had a, a mixed success. You know, a lot more people with mobility problems have been able to join meetings, um, and we've sat and, and we've seen them. Now, overall, uh, we've we've kept fundraising going. We have a number of donation boxes in local uh, um, uh, bakers. Um, uh, quite a lot of our, our boxes have been bakers, so they've remained open and fish and chip shops. So we've been really fairly lucky on, on that front. And um, one of our, um, our fundraisers, uh, Alex's um, sister, Jean Finley, has held tabletop sales outside of her house in her front garden where the most of the time she has an honesty box there for plants um and people have been putting money and uh jean at the age of i can't remember if it's 91 or 92 or it might be 93 even but anyway um she's raised over two thousand pounds in the last year just just by putting a table with some bits and bobs and uh what what we call um our um yeah well i i, I say um collectibles uh, it's more bric-a-brac really than collectibles um, so uh, but once again people have been buying it and, and occasionally we, we got some nice little bric-a-brac and so so that that's been great as well um, uh, but uh, yeah difficult but we've we've uh, we've uh, we've managed to find ways to get through indeed difficult times I mean volunteers are so important to to do the work we do and and your comments about how dedicated people are who are involved in MD and the MD community is certainly reflected in the people I work with at the association. We know we've been very fortunate that people have actually gone above and beyond with the fundraising side of things during the pandemic in difficult times. Um, how have you found that with your people you're working with? Um, so last year was very hard, you know, I can't lie, but we, you know, we had some raffles. We did like kind of a Christmas raffle and then um, a daily raffle. Um, we did the 12 days of Christmas, which was different events and days. So there's one day where my um, my daughter got in an ice bath 
um, as one of the holidays. And she was braver than me because we were both supposed to do it, but I chickened out and she did it, bless her. Um, and, you know, or sing a Christmas song one day. And that was it. That raised some money for us. Um, and some people did kind of, you know, did walks on them on their own and walked every day. And, and so we kind of raised, we did, we did all right. We probably raised about 3000 last year, you know, which was, you know, it wasn't great, but it was still, you know, money. And, and, and we're proud of that fact that we did that. Um, that's absolutely amazing that you're doing that and you've all all three of you have got different volunteering roles and it's really interesting to hear the reasons behind why you were inspired to get involved in those ways and mark i think your volunteering role covers quite a lot of different areas you seem to be using a lot of different skills so it'd be really interesting to hear what sort of drove you to do all of those different things you know your campaigning your heavy involvement in the branch in different ways as well and whether it's a skill set that you've had you know and developed over years or whether are there new things and the reason behind you getting involved in those different areas? Well, I can answer the reason why I'm involved in so many areas. Well, I, I say I can answer it. It's my wife's answer. She says, Mark, you can never say no. <laughs> and, 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 and that's about right. Uh, hence, I'm here today when I was asked, would you do the podcast? So um, that that's the short answer. Um, the, the, the long answer is... Uh, well, let's take the campaigning for a start. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's some inspirational people I sat with and, that, and they just encouraged me. They said, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a great thing to do. And uh, I was a little apprehensive at first because I'd, I'd never done campaigning before. Didn't really know what campaigning was about. Um, yeah, so that that's campaigning. Um, yeah, but I, why am I chair now? Oh, that's a good question, I suppose. A natural progression, really. Um, yeah, I, I've, I've worked very closely with uh, the previous chair, Alex Finley, uh, in my secretary role, uh, and he helped me out as secretary, and I'd done some bits and bobs for for him. But you know, he's, he's not on the computer, and 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 you know, good on Alex. Realised that he, he wasn't uh, being quite as effective as, as as maybe a chair should be without having you know when things ping through on my computer, I can do them straight away. Whereas you know, Alex would wait for the snail mail to come through. And yeah, so that was a sort of a, I suppose, as I say, a natural, natural progression. And uh, the fundraising side of things that I do, well, I, you know, I just find it amazing that people will give me money to do something I want to do. You know, <laughs> I, I've, I've done a number of cycle rides across France. You know, it's OK cycling in England where I am in southeast London. Not too brilliant. When I'm up in Suffolk, quite nice. Cycle over in France, Holland, and all that on my long distance rides, absolutely wonderful. And and, and somebody will give me money to do it. Um, you know, it, 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 it's a it's a great great uh, great way of raising money, as far as I'm concerned. And yeah, the repairing bicycles bit and selling them on. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I've I've I was never mechanical in my business life. Um, the most mechanical I was was when they used to have dictaphones and you used to have to flick the switch backwards and forwards. And, and that was as mechanical as I ever got. So um, when I did sort of retire to look after the family and things like that, um, yeah, I decided that I would get myself on a course to learn bicycle maintenance. And then, you know, people started saying, well, could you do my bike, Mark? And my mate's bike. And I just thought, oh, you know, coming from an insurance background, I thought, well, I don't like the idea of having any liability should I fail to do a nut up. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so that's a, and, and then I thought, well, hang on a minute, I can, 
you know, I can do up a few of these old bikes I've got and get rid of them and sell them. And um, having set the company up, I thought, hang on a minute, I can get I'll get some trade accounts and get the, the parts. Instead of paying full price, I'll, I'll pay the trade price. And and that's what I do now, you know, and, and get the, get them in the trade price. And, yeah, I, I don't want to look out into uh, the garden, as Mrs. Gately says. It's Steptoe's Yard out there um, with, with a number of, uh, of bikes. And... Um, Yes, some of them are a bit no hopers, but I, you know, I strip them for parts and bits and bobs. But yeah, you know, and that that's been most successful, and and because of the pandemic, thank you very much indeed. We, it's been very very successful, um, uh, to the extent that um, you know the local micro pub on the high street uh, asked me if they could help in any way. They've been very supportive of, of MND. It's called the Hoppers Hut on Sickup High Street. Everybody, anyway, as uh, payback. Um, so, yeah, and, and they said, well, you know, how about putting the bikes in the pub while people come in and get their takeaways during the, you know, when, when they were able to do that? I said, yeah, great. Thank you very much indeed. And, um, yeah, that was over a thousand pound raised the first time I, I did that in the in the first first lockdown. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's you, I, I think I've just fallen into to a number of these roles uh, with my inability to say no. Others. Yeah. Um, as I say, with the fundraising brilliant you know I'm, I, I'm really fallen into that I'm just doing something I enjoy doing and people pay me thank you so much for that but you'll all work with different people and, and other volunteers who may not have as much time you know to give but still want to help and Liz I'm guessing you you experience this with some volunteers for the branch and how important is it you know obviously it's not everyone can give all their time they have other commitments as well but what sort of role do those volunteers play that can only give a certain amount of time rather than necessarily being available 24 hours like mark which is absolutely fantastic but everyone's at different areas but i'm sure they make a very valued contribution as well so what sort of things do they get involved in yeah so you know it's a really good point i i work full-time i have two children um you know, uh, so so for me, sometimes, you know, the volunteering has to take a back seat because, I, you know, I, ha I have a day job. Um, and then funny enough, someone said to me recently on our fundraising committee, oh, I've not really done much to help and I've raised, I've only raised 200 quid or something. And I said, no matter what you do, even if you give a small amount of time and you raise even £10, £20, whatever you do, and you're raising awareness about the disease, you are contributing. It, do, it doesn't matter. And we say to all our volunteers, um, and I say it to, you know, our committee, our fundraising committee grows as more and more people want to be part of it and support us uh, for, diff you know, for different reasons. Um, you know, any time that you're giving up, no matter what it is, you are supporting people. So sometimes I've had to take a step back, someone else to step forward. That's absolutely fine. No one should ever feel guilty about that. We're volunteers. We're here. We give up our time. Um, but, you know, we just try and encourage them to, to think, you know, no no minimum amount is, is, is not enough. You know, whatever you do is absolutely fine. And sometimes people drop in and out of it because they may have a personal connection to MND and sometimes they can cope with it and sometimes they need to go, do you know what, I just need a little bit of a break from this for a little bit. Yeah, I, th I think you're absolutely right there, Liz. I'd, I'd support everything you say. And in fact, uh, I, I say to anybody joining my branch, uh, the, 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 you know, the first rule is family, work, volunteering, and it must be in that order. Um, and in terms of meeting people from different walks of life, Julie, are you, in your role, you must be visiting people from all different walks of life absolutely uh very very different and some uh, i mean they are each one of them has been very 
very, very unique. One um, delightful young man I'm supporting at the moment um, was actually one of my uh, my grandson's chemistry teacher. So, um, and he's absolutely an, an amazing, an amazing, amazing person. Um, but his, where he taught, his college that he taught at, have been incredibly supportive, not only um, on a personal level with him, but they've raised lots and lots of money. Um, you know, if I know that he or someone locally needs it, I can actually ring up and say, right, but we need it within 24 hours. We can't. This is really important. Um, but I go to the school probably, well, really quite often to meet with the head and the deputy head who are close personal friends. They've been amazing. They will continue. And in fact, what was very lovely is there was a new science lab that was just opened in the school and they've named it after this very special teacher. So um, that was very different to also meeting a young mum, a young single mum with three children, you know, no money, living in a three bedroom flat with no access. So very, very different. And that is again where the fundraising, you know, it, to actually be able to say to her, her young 18 year old son was trying to hold down three jobs um, so that he could help his mum and pay for taxis because he wasn't able to drive. So our local branch just came up with the money straight away for him to go on to one of the, they call them crash courses, which I think is mad, but one of these courses where you learn to drive in three or four days and he passed his driving test and he phoned me and just went, I'm just going to take my mum to her appointment. It was wonderful. That was fundraisers. And I think those personal stories really, really help. I'm not sure that all the people that fundraise, it's when you can go and say, look, we're lucky as association visitors. We actually see the difference it can make, um, you know, from even that 10 pounds to for someone to say, right, you can have a manicure, you can have some aromatherapy, theatre vouchers, you know, take your kids out. And it, it's it's huge. It makes a huge difference. There's something very special that I find about people with MND. Um, there's something I find in them. They become very, most people become very inspirational. I mean, Doddy Weir and, and Rob Burrows at the moment are raising so much awareness. My experience of the first most difficult question is how long do you think I've got? I get asked that 90% of the time. Um, so we use the standard, which is true. MND is unique to everyone. You know, I can't predict how long you've got. What we can do is try and ease your journey. You know, in the darkest hours, we're going to be here. So um, MND Connect is brilliant. I've rung them not only for people with MND, but myself saying, what do I do? How do I help? Um, and yes, you bring your life skills, everyone. We're all different on this today. You can bring your, you know, bring your life skills to it. Having a sense of humour, I would say, is absolutely essential for an association visitor. So, um, yeah. It's an amazing role and it sounds like you've, you've got lots of support, you know, amongst other association visitors, which I think is really important. Yeah. And yeah, obviously it's, you know, I can't even imagine how emotionally taxing something like that is, but I know you've talked about how much you enjoy doing it as well. And just in a couple of words, can you sum up 
the best bits about volunteering? In a couple of words, I don't do just two words, um, which you probably noticed. Neither do I. <laughs> rewarding. That's one word. Rewarding, challenging. No, that's, I think that really balances out the things you've been talking about really as well because because of the you know the different complexities of a role like yours as a volunteer as well so it's really interesting that you've chosen those two words and yeah you've definitely put that across and Liz what about yourself? Oh no you were going to come to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Julie did really well then as well. Um, I suppose um, I don't know how to put it in words because for me, um, volunteering, you know, obviously because it's still it's still raw for us losing Phil um, only, you know, just over a year ago. Um, but for me, it makes me feel, you know, I feel inspired. I think that's probably a really good. I feel inspired every day with the people that I meet. I know that's more than one word, but I do. Um, it inspires me um and it, it inspires me to continue on the journey of volunteering and supporting people living with MD. um and i feel that you know I, you know ultimately uh, i do it as a legacy for phil um so that, that you know that's that's what makes me feel i feel that i'm doing something i'm not helpless in the fight that's really lovely i'm sure phil would be so proud of everything you do and, and we're very grateful yeah, that's that's really lovely. And Mark, you've had a little bit more time to have a think about what you want to say. But um, how would you sort of sum up volunteering and, and the best bits about it in just a couple of words? Um, well, it's quite easy, really. It's it's the two words are the pay. Now, there's, a, there's a, an old quote that volunteers don't get paid not because they're worth it, because they're priceless. Um, but the pay isn't monetary. The pay is uh, developing yourself. And if I was still in business, I'd, I'd have had loads more skills now for my volunteering with the MND that I didn't have and that I could have used. Um, other things that people have already mentioned, that the pay is great because you make some great friends. I've, I've made another two today. Um, sorry, four, if they include the association staff, of course. Sorry. <laughs> <then>. um, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and it's nice that uh, ever so occasionally and, and, and as often as required, the association send me through a little note saying, uh, you know, thank you. Yeah, thank you. That's really lovely. And it's nice that you all pick different words or different ways of expressing what it means to you. And I imagine we could go on for so much longer and, and any volunteer would say something slightly different, but something that you all understand and you've all really understood what each other said. And, and it seems like it feels the same for each of you. There's just so many words. So yes, it's cutting it down to do two was difficult. So thank you for giving that a go. But really you are all remarkable people and we're very grateful for what you do. And I'm sure people will be inspired by what you do and if anybody listening, if, if you're listening and you think that you want to get involved yourself and volunteer for the association, then please do get in touch. The details are on our website. We would love to hear from you and explain. There's lots of different ways, as we've heard from Matt, Liz and Julia, to get involved. And I'm sure we'll find something that is, is something that you want to do to help. So thank you. And thank you all for sharing your stories as well today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much. And thank you for listening to this podcast from the MD Association. And in behalf of Steph, myself, our guests, Liz, Mark, and Julia, and everyone at the MD Association, thank you for joining us. And we look forward to having your company next time for another MD Matters podcast. You've been listening to MD Matters. 
a podcast from the MND Association. Find more information at mndassociation.org. And if you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this episode, contact our helpline MND Connect on 0808-802-6262 or email mndconnect at mndassociation.org.